Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Hey, Mel, Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey, if you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. We're trying this again. It is January, I'm sorry, November 15th. You guys, I'm off. Clearly I'm off. It's raining in Los Angeles. It's Wednesday, November 15th. This is a hump day because I'm getting over some crazy hump, technology hump. How are we doing today? Do we, uh, is the audio good? (laughs) Let's just hope it's all good over here. Maybe this is like karma is my boyfriend, right? Karma is coming to get me for for reporting on all these messy topics. But today we have a big show ahead of us. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for, uh, you know, uh, jumping into the live streams, of course, and telling your friends about it. I see all the reviews and the ratings over on Apple Podcasts. The show is growing every day, and I appreciate you guys so, so much. So. We have a lot to get to today, so I'm going to get to it pretty fast. Before I get into kind of the big stories that I know a lot of you are here for, there is some news, some news of the day, and I want to share that. I will be releasing a Patreon later today on Wednesdays. Um, I do it every Wednesday because uh, there is more to every story, and I'm always a big believer in that. So make sure to subscribe to Patreon if you want kind of a deeper dive on everything I'm going to talk about today, plus a deep dive on the Twin Flames documentary and some other things that I've just been noticing around and want to talk about. So let's talk about a couple things that have come up in the last uh, day or two with news-wise, just pop culture news. The first is we have to talk about Jennifer Aniston. So Jennifer Aniston finally uh, spoke to Uh, spoke on Instagram about the death of Matthew Perry. I brought this up yesterday because Matt LeBlanc spoke about it. And now Jennifer Aniston has finally spoken. I still don't know about David Schwimmer, Lisa Kudrow, or Courtney Cox. Maybe Courtney did too. I can't remember. But the reason why Jennifer Aniston's was so moving, and I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's pretty long, but the reason why it was so moving is because she had a really, really strong, tight relationship with Matthew Perry. You could hear it from watching... Um, from reading the book, which I'm listening to right now, his memoir, he had feelings for her. It was clear, but then it turned more into just kind of a joke and like a, a, um, you know, a relationship. Oh, I guess Courtney and David posted as well. So not Lisa Kudrow, who wrote the foreword in his memoir, but she posted a very long, beautiful statement, essentially basically saying, that he lived to get people to laugh. And if he didn't hear the laugh, he thought he was going to die. Making people laugh was Matthew Perry's kind of um, like North Star. A lot of people are this way. If you're actors, comedians, it just made him so happy. He really, really um, thrived off making people laugh. She's saying that she's never felt grief like this. She's really had to sit in it. The six of them shared DNA, basically. They were so close. They laughed together. They they cried together. They had such a good relationship. She said um, that she just found a recent text that he sent her, and she said that she's been reading all the recent texts, laughing and crying each time, 
And she ends it by saying, Maddie, I love you so much. And I know you are now completely at peace and out of any pain. I talk to you every day. Sometimes I can almost hear you saying, could you be any crazier in the way that Chandler Bing always said it? Could you be any crazier? Russ, little brother, you always made my day. And the text that she shared was a picture of him and her from early days and friends on set reading a script. And he just randomly texted her, making you laugh just made my day. It made my day. And she wrote, ah, the first of thousands of times. Wow, 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 you guys. I found it so moving. I'm just going to quickly look at David Schwimmer's post because you guys are saying that he posts. Um, Gosh, it really, it really did it. It really did it for me. I was sad reading it. Um, I still can't believe that he's gone. I still can't believe. Yeah, David Schwimmer says, Maddie, thank you for a 10 incredible years of laughter and creativity. I will never forget your impeccable comic timing. Um, he goes on, then he says, and you had heart. He says, this photo is from one of my favorite moments with you. Now it makes me smile and grieve at the same time. I imagine you up there somewhere in the same white suit, hands in your pockets, looking around. Could there be any more clouds? That was his thing. There it is. And if you listen to his memoir, um, if you listen to his memoir, actually, he didn't even come up with a could you be. He has two best friends that he was best friends with, I think, throughout his life brothers who he was young with in, you know, teens. And they went out one night and they just like got wasted at some park, you know, when it was just kind of fun to go out and, and get drunk. Little did he know what it was going to lead to. And they came up with that. So I just think it's so funny that it really changed the vernacular of like the world, right? The world talks that way because of Chandler Bing. So, oh, I'm just so into that memoir. It's just so sad. Anyway, if you listen to the memoir, listen to it at 1.2 speed. I already told you to do that with a Britney Spears one because it actually sounds like Britney Spears at 1.2 speed, but the Matthew Perry memoir at 1.2 speed is much more like sounds because I do believe his speech was slurred from just so much abuse over the years. It was really good. Okay. So thank you guys for indulging my little friend's recap moment. Um, before I get into the episode, I just want to shout out the sponsor of this week's Daily Dose episodes. It's Babbel. This fall, you guys, you can start speaking a new language with Babbel. And why? Because it works. Instead of paying hundreds of dollars for a private tutor or fooling yourself with language apps that are a little more than games, Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Now, let me just explain to you. I am a traveler. I like to travel. I Over the summer, I was in Israel and Greece. Um, I always go to Mexico. I think we're planning on going to Mexico in April. I, do, I like to get around, right? And don't take that the wrong way, but I do. I like to get around. And learning the language and just learning the basics of languages when you're traveling, it makes such a difference. Like there's so much more um, power in being able to sit down in Greece and order, you know, exactly what you want or say hello and thank you. And immediately it just shows a little bit more of a connection to the locals. Um, so I always am down to learn a new language. I, I, I know two languages pretty fluently and constantly learning more. So Babbel is so up my alley for that reason. Studies from Yale, Michigan State University and others continue to prove Babbel is better. Uh, for instance, one study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. So here's a special limited time deal for the dosers to get you started right now. Get 55% off of your Babbel subscription but only for the dosers at babble.com slash bowling. So that's babble.com slash bowling, B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash bowling. Rules and restrictions may apply. And remember, coming to you from Dosis Diaria de Dana. That's Daily Dose of Dana in Spanish. Ah, I get around. Hi, Craig. Okay, so let's move on. You guys, I can't help but be so immersed and interested in the Dean McDermott story. I have to share a little bit of the Tory spelling Dean McDermott story because I've always brought this stuff to you. And I'm just like so interested. I grew up obviously watching 90210, as many of you did probably. And then I was obsessed with the Tory and Dean reality shows that kind of happened around um, – I don't know, the 2000s, end of 2000s, 
early 2010s. Tori and Dean in love, Tori and Dean, True Tori, all of those shows. I love them so much. Did you guys watch them? I was obsessed. Well, Tori, Dean McDermott has an exclusive with Daily Mail. And let me just try to explain to you guys. I think Dean McDermott is probably hard up on some cash, which actually, honestly, are you surprised, right? I think that he's probably hard up on some cash and needed a little bit of, uh, you know, some financial backing because he did a huge, huge exclusive with D- with uh, Daily Mail. So basically the, the subline or the heading of this says, Dean McDermott opens up for the first time since split with Tori Spelling, telling how his violent alcoholic rages left his family petrified and how a pig... <laughs> Hold on, let me try that again. And how a pig and a chicken ruined their sex life. I'm sorry. It's not funny. But you can't put that in a headline of an article and not die of laughter. You just can't. So I want to give you guys a little background on my thoughts about Dean McDermott and Tori Spelling. You know, Tori Spelling has always been a little bit like all over the place. But I interviewed or auditioned Dean McDermott back in the day during these times because I was so obsessed with this reality show. And I'll put it this way, Dean's talents do not lie in the acting department, at least when he came into my uh, audition or my casting office, I was not super impressed. I really wanted to be because all I wanted was to, you know, hire Dean McDermott. This was early reality show stars. I was into it. But the pig and chicken ruined their sex life really just threw me for a loop. So, so much comes out in this. I like the fact that he's being honest finally about his alcoholism. We do know that he's spent some time in and out of rehabs. But basically, he's saying that he is um, at a luxury LA rehab right now. He lives in some sort of sober house with eight other men. Apparently they have marital problems that go back at least five years and they have not shared a bedroom since 2017, which is just shocking. Can you imagine? I mean, Mauricio and Kyle, lots of people, Tom and Ariana living together and not sharing a bedroom. But like, it's a different thing when you're not sharing a bedroom because you're divorcing and you're separating versus we are pretending that we're married and everything is fine. And then we're not sharing a bedroom, right? Um, he also talked about how he, re- he completed a 40 day stint in rehab over the summer. So essentially this article is long, you guys, it's long, it's very long. So I can't go through all of it, but I will tell you that he basically is totally taking, um, responsibility saying that this was his fault. He had an addiction to booze and prescription drugs. All Tori's ever done to this day is want me to be happy and healthy. And I inflicted a lot of damage and pain on that woman. Um, He's saying that he's taking accountability for it. And it's the biggest amend that he's ever going to have to make. He, He hit rock bottom this summer. He said the duo were living like roommates plagued by money worries and paparazzi while he was deeply depressed, mainlining, which just sounds crazy, tequila and drugs alone each night and flying into alcohol-fueled rages that petrified his wife and children. That's pretty shitty, you guys. He said he would pass out, leaving Tori worried to check to make sure he was still alive. And now he's talking about it as a sober person um, that, you know, he said alcohol didn't make him feel good enough. And then, or alcohol made him feel good enough. And then he started to drink so much that it stopped making him feel good enough. He was drinking a fifth of tequila every night, seven nights a week, and a handful of Narcos, which are prescription meds by himself with his whole family in the other room. I mean, horrible, horrible, sounds horrible. And listen, I am now in the middle, I told you, of Matthew Perry's memoir. Addiction is the scariest thing. I think that's why I never let myself go too far with anything because I knew that I grew up in a family, like with my father being an addict. And I I just, I think I'm so scared of addiction. Like it scares me, you know? He also talked about the fact that, um, you know, he and Tori have struggled financially and he's never had help from Candy. He's never had a relationship from Candy. Candy's Candy's Tori Spelling's mom. Now, I will share something. On Jeff Lewis's show, Candy Spelling was a guest a little while ago and we had with Josh Flagg, who was also a guest this week and also mentioned Tori. But there's been some, you know, r- rumors about the husband for a long time. 
with Candy and Dean not getting along. Candy really doesn't like Dean. Never did. I think that Jeff Lewis had some weirdness with, with or Josh Flagg had some weirdness with Dean. I think Dean was probably the majority of the problem for a lot of this relationship. It doesn't seem like it went. It was a very, uh, it doesn't seem like it was a very good he just didn't seem like a good guy. And we had that feeling, if you guys watched any of their reality shows, I had those feelings forever. I always had this feeling that he was this 19, like this this wannabe actor trying to, you know, be in the limelight. I don't know. So the whole article goes into deep, deep, like, history about how he met Tori, how he was with his last relationship. Um uh, you know, he talks about when he started dating Tori and he met Aaron when Aaron spelling the Tori's dad was just dying and how they got really no money. Um, you know, let's see. Um, then it talks about, uh, how he struggled a little bit. He was struggling because he had this contrast between his old life as like a trying to get a job as an actor. And now he was one of part of one of Hollywood's most high profile and wealthy families. He struggled with that, knowing being known now as Tori's boyfriend, Tori's husband. Um, they had these beautiful homes. They had all this like very expensive stuff and it just was, he was struggling through it. And that's when he first went to rehab. Anyway, he clearly had a lot of stuff going on, but by 2017, it says his renewed drinking had drinking had begun to take its toll and it wasn't helped by Tori's pets. He, this is where the pig and the chicken come in. And it says, Dean said, we've been having problems. It got worse because we stopped sleeping in the same room. It was issues around animals, animals sleeping in the bedroom and on the bed. There was the pig. There's a chicken that was living in the bathroom and multiple dogs. And we know dogs have accidents and our particular dogs were having a lot. And I just couldn't deal with that anymore. So I created a healthy boundary for myself. And I said, I can't do this. I can't live and sleep in this kind of condition. Okay. Let me ask you guys a question. I am someone who loves an animal, but I am also someone that has boundaries with my animals. Like one of my dogs sleeps on her bed, but that's Frankie and she's so small and old and she's like in this room right now and you would never know. She, you, she's basically, you would forget about her. I have a dog, Murphy, who's a puppy, still like three years old and but high energy, doesn't stop moving. I can't sleep with that dog in the room. Now, if I force that dog to sleep in the room and Lance was saying like, it's me or the 46 animals. And I said the 46 animals when I live in a big enough house that I could put them other places. It's not like they're in a one bedroom. Like that's a, that's a Tory problem. Sorry. That means that you were not putting your relationship and your marriage first. Now I'm not saying that Dean was not responsible at all, but mm, guys, it's weird. It's weird. Um, so anyway, they both were part of the problem with that. He says, I believe that the marital bed is the docking station for your relationship, like a charger, like a phone charger. He says where you connect with each other. It's where you download information. It's where you spend time together. I don't know. I don't download much information in the marital bed with Lance. I download information like on date nights, but okay. Anyway, they definitely had some issues. They started to get even more and then he went into rehab. Then he was thrown right into filming True Tory, which was an excruciatingly intimate look into the couple's marriage, which he says he never wanted to do. And it left him miserable as he struggled to stay sober. Um, then they had even more financial woes. The pig and the dog are still around. He said they never ate together. They never did any of this together. And now, you know, they have new partners. Um, he did, he did say earlier, let me try to find the, the part where he talked about candy. Um, I don't want to spend too much doing this, but he does talk about how he didn't feel like, uh, candy was just supporting them at all. And I don't know if I believe it or not, you guys. It's a weird thing. Obviously, I don't believe that candy is completely fronting their relationship and their, and their, their families. But I also think that something's up because Tori Spelling does say, or on Jeff Lewis during a commercial break, Josh Flagg was just on, just on the show on Monday. And Jeff asked Josh Flagg, who's been friends with Tori Spelling for years, something about Tori. And Tori said, and then Josh said, said let's not discuss Tori. Something's up. 
I mean, it's obvious there's like some issues there, right? Anyway, Dean's off with his new woman. Tori's making out with the guy on the streets. I wish them the best. It never felt like a very healthy relationship. I always felt like Dean was cringy as all from the beginning. I don't know about you guys. I always felt that vibe. So let's move on, right? That's just, it was just a story. I felt like I had to cover it and I hope they're happy, right? Okay, so so many of you guys are interested in my next story, and I'm going to start and preface this by saying I don't have all the information about the feud between Zach Peter and Up and Adam and Up and Adam's husband, Jason. I don't have all the information. Why? Because I am not Zach Peter or Adam or Jason. The three of them are the only ones that know the true story, and even the three of them have their versions of what really went down because that's how these feuds work. If you guys are lost and if you guys are confused about it, let me try to explain a little bit about what's going on. But I will say, just like when I cover, you know, the Justin Martindale, the Jeff Lewis, the Heather McDonald, the Brandy and Julie, the um who I don't even know who else. Like any whenever I covered anything like that, it's the same. I don't have any of the exact information because I'm not them. This is just how this works. But I will give you my side of what I think. And the the goal is nothing I'm saying is factual about what actually happened, but it's I can give you facts that I know based on stuff that I was actually involved with or have been involved with or have seen. Okay? Does that make sense? Not going to get super messy. I will probably go more into it later on Patreon. But for here, let me explain. So a lot of you guys are probably like, what the hell are you talking about, Donna? I just listened to because I like Housewives drama. Well, this feels like Housewives drama. I've covered it before in the past. Essentially, what there is, is there's two content creators, Zach Peter and Adam from Up and Adam. I think his last name is Newell. I could be wrong. Please tell me in the comments if I'm wrong. I'm sorry if I am. Um who both run very successful YouTube channels and podcasts that cover all of this stuff that we cover, right? Like the celebrity gossip, the pop culture, both of them go live multiple times a week or day or per day. Um, Both of them have very successful uh, communities and shows and they both have their own paths. Now, I'm going to give you guys a heads up. I am new to this. So I am not in any way coming into this saying like, I've been around the block and I know what's going on. No, I literally just entered this crazy, crazy ass world of content creation in this Bravo podcasting space um, in January. And I didn't even really fully enter probably until March. So I don't have all of the real information of like who's aligned with who and who is friends with who and what has happened before. You guys know more than me. On my Facebook group, you guys have been telling me a lot of stuff. In the DMs, you guys know a lot of stuff. You know who got along back in 2019 and then who fell fell off in 2020, et cetera. I don't know any of that shit, but I do know a couple things. So I will preface this by saying I am friends with Zach. Zach and I are actual friends. I am appearing on his live show on Sunday. Um, This was obviously scheduled a long time ago, and there's no way that anything that's happening this week has made me want to quit or pull out. A lot of you guys, this is why I'm talking about this, because the DMs that I'm getting about this, asking if I'm still going to be part of it. Do I still want to be included? Do I still want to align myself? Yes, because commitment is commitment. Unless I see proof of something horrible, I will never believe it because a lot of things can be said about people on these shows. Zach and Adam, and in terms of my relationship with Adam, there isn't one. It's not that he's been mean to me or cold to me or rude to me or bad to me. There just isn't a friendship. Like I don't have a friendship with a lot of people in this space. I don't know a lot of them yet. So Zach and Adam used to be very tight. And about 18 months ago, I think this was, they were very close and they were very um, friendly and they went on tour together. So they were doing live shows at the Bourbon Room here, which is where we're going to be on Sunday. They're going to be at, um, they did a couple things in other cities. I don't really know. And they were very successful. So both 
Adam's side and Zach's side can agree on that. Also, both Adam's side and Zach's side can agree that Spotify approached them with a deal to do a weekly or multi-weekly podcast. Now, if you guys know Spotify, Spotify has this like, um, you know, this these series of podcasts. And so they were going to do a podcast, the two of them together. Okay? Okay. This is when it starts to go a little haywire because both of them, I believe, have a little bit of a different side of the story from... I think they both can agree that the deal wasn't phenomenal, meaning the money that was offered wasn't incredible. It wasn't like groundbreaking. It wasn't amazing. But what it was, was at least according to Zach, it was enough for him to highly consider it because of the possibilities of growth, exposure, and increasing your deal. You don't always start at the top. You have to start somewhere. And to get a show with Spotify was a big deal. So Zach, I think, was fully on board with this. Now, meanwhile, according to yesterday, Adam and his husband um, posted a video online where he he um, and his husband talked about the Spotify deal. They said it wasn't a good deal. So I think they can agree on that. And then they said that they decided not to not to do it. What I think that they've left out, according to from what I've heard from Zach, is that it was not, their pulling out of it was not done in a, um, like a, I just want to use the word, like a kosher manner, right? Like what is the other, what's the word? Like a professional way where if you want to, fair is a good word. So if you want to be pulling out of a deal, a business deal with someone else, which happens all the time, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it, especially if you're friends with someone and if you're, um, if you have a relationship with someone. And so from what I've heard, Zach was a little blindsided by him pulling out and it didn't, feel right for him. Now, this is when it gets a little messy and confusing because apparently both of them, you know, this was around BravoCon last year. Zach was getting a lot of messages from people saying that Adam was saying things about Zach and then Adam was heard, heard that Zach was saying things about Adam. And like, it's weird because when I have drama with anyone's of my friends or, you know, people in my inner circle, I will probably go to another friend and talk about it. That's just a normal reaction. But the, what's weird about this is that your friends, if these are who you're talking to at like BravoCon, are probably other content creators where people all know each other, right? Everyone knows everyone. And so if you're going to talk about someone in a negative way, it probably will get around back to them. Like I am convinced that even if I don't talk negatively, I'm sure Adam and his husband, Jason and Zach and probably anyone else, Kempi or anyone else that's kind of like peripherally involved here will probably know about it. Even if I don't say anything negative, because this is just how it works, right? You, Everyone talks. So I think this is a little bit of a weird place where it got a little, you know, finagled. Now, there was also this like side story where I guess Adam had believed that Zach was trying to tell people that Adam and Jason, his husband, weren't actually married um, and was trying to kind of or was assuming or um, coming to this kind of not assuming, um, suggesting that Zach was hitting on Jason many times, et cetera. So this is just kind of background. I'm sure I'm missing a lot of stuff. Now, cut to a couple months ago. This is Sheena has a live show at the Bourbon Room. I'm going to guess this is in August, maybe July, I maybe September. I, I actually don't know. So Sheena has a live show at the Bourbon Room. It's a Sunday night. Zach was at the show as a guest and Adam was at the show as an MC. And uh, apparently there were some words being spoken be between them backstage. So Zach was speaking to Jason, who's Adam's husband. And I was told from multiple people and Zach himself too, that it was a very, you know, friendly, fine conversation, that there wasn't any drama, that there wasn't anything weird. He saw Adam, Zach had seen Adam and 
they clearly were not like communicating. Zach was totally down to be like, hey, Adam, what's up? This is according to Zach. And they did not, um, there was no communication. But when he was talking to Jason, Adam's husband, Adam came over and that's when some words were exchanged. So according to Adam, it got very heightened. Security had to come in. Zach threw a, a glass of Chardonnay and uh, like a, a like a Viva's leg, and security had to pull Zach out of there. This was Adam's story. I'm pretty sure. Now, Zach's story was. And you guys, I hadn't even known Zach at this time. I don't think I had even done a live with Zach yet at this moment. Zach's story was, number one, I don't even drink Chardonnay. I didn't throw a glass of wine. That's insane. And I would never, because I have a relationship with a bourbon room. And in fact, I'm performing there on Sunday night. So that that part is totally made up. Yes, we did get you know, exchange, exchange heightened words. And yes, someone did have to come and like get in the middle. Okay. Well, I think, you know, this is a a simple case of he said, he said, there's no way to know what really went down except them. Now, moving on. Separately, I had connected way before this with Zach and said, a lot of my dosers love your show. They want us to connect. They want us to collab. Should we collab? So we had scheduled to collab the week after that experience. The week, So that happened on a Sunday night with Sheena. I had never met Zach in person before. And the next week we did a collab. I don't remember if it was on my show or his show. Then you know, and he spoke a little bit about it, but I could already see in the DM, in the comments that there was like a lot of stuff that was getting thrown at Zach. I then watched Zach's show and Zach said something that I thought was really, really good, which was, please, please, please do not go over to Adam. Do not go over to Jason and send them any hate. This is between us. I appreciate that you guys support me. I appreciate that you guys back me up, but please, please, please do not send hate. Now, why did this hit me personally? Because we have just come off this crazy, you know, drama between the Heather McDonald and the Jeff Lewis and the Justin Martindale world, where Justin Martindale had felt like Heather's fans were coming after him. And he said, Heather, why can't you stand up for me? This is like the big story that they both, that um, Justin has talked about. And Heather didn't announce to her audience, please don't do that. So I made it a real strong point for myself to always tell anyone, if you're a doser and if you listen to my show and if you like my show, you don't go to other content creators and talk shit to them. Like that's on my account. That's not what I'm down for. I'm not down to create some sort of cult-like mentality where you have to go and battle for me in the comments. Like, no, 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 no. So I just paid attention to the fact that Zach was very clear about that. Please do not go and send hate. Now, I don't watch Adam's content all the time at all. So I am so sorry if I've missed him saying that as well. But I'm just saying I don't believe that Zach Peter on his own is going to send people to like hate on people. But, but. The way that this works in this industry is that fans get really heightened. They get heightened, they get very invested, and um, they want to kind of like fight for their people. I see it all the time in the comments section. I get it in my comments every single day, and I get it, you know, I see you guys commenting on other people's other content the same way. So it's a little bit weird, but we can, as content creators, try to navigate, you know, the comments or the fans in a certain way. Oh, Okay. Neither did Adam and Jason. So that's good. So both Adam and Jason and Zach, you know, didn't send people to hate on people, which is good. I'm just saying I specifically heard Zach say like, please do not do it. Okay. Cut to BravoCon last week. I did not see Adam, Zach, or Jason at BravoCon. I didn't see Kempire. 
I did meet Giorgio says I did see Caitlin at besties by Bravo. I saw the Zen blonde. Like I saw a few different girls, a, a few different guys and girls, um, content creators, but I didn't see all of this stuff. Um, you know, I'm good friends with Morgan from Morgan's pop talks. I love them. I love her. And like, I try to keep things cool, cool, calm and collected with a lot of these, uh, content creators, because I don't think you need to get messy, but they have a personal relationship. So whatever is going on there is going on. So Zach goes to BravoCon. He doesn't go to BravoCon, BravoCon. He goes to Vegas for that Weight Watchers bus with Peter Madrigal, which with a lot of other content creators. And I guess during this trip, he had taken a picture and in the back was Jason, Adam's husband, and he put a sticker over the husband and he said no husbands were stolen during this weekend in Vegas, which was kind of funny, but also could be like, could be shady, right? Could be shady, kind of funny, but could be shady. But it was kind of like an inside joke, I think, with him and his audience. He put a sticker over Jason's face. Okay, I'm pretty sure. At least when he showed it, that's what he did. Now, meanwhile, and I can't get into all of the stuff that happened at BravoCon or whatever, but meanwhile, Adam had filmed an interview with Lisa Hochstein's husband, Lenny's, or ex-husband, I guess, whatever, Lenny's current fiance, Katarina. I don't even know her last name. He had a, um, he created this, or he filmed this interview before BravoCon. I don't know when, I don't know what, I don't even know anything about like anything except for the fact that he created this interview or he filmed this interview. And it's a very beautiful looking interview. It's like high production value. And those of you guys remember, if you watch Real Houses of Miami, Lisa, um, got screwed over by this woman and Lenny, right? She's She didn't seem like a great person with the whole licking her lips at a party, et cetera. So, so let's figure this out. Okay. So he filmed this interview prior to BravoCon. While he was either at BravoCon or coming home, a trailer was released on YouTube. I saw this trailer and it was like, exclusive interview. You see her walking down the hallway um, of the house that Lisa and Lenny shared, et cetera. Now, I don't care enough to like leave comments. I don't leave a lot of, I actually don't, can't remember the last time I left a negative con comment on YouTube ever. I've only left positive. Like this morning when I watched I mean, I'm obsessed with Jeff Schroeder and Jordan from Big Brother. Their podcast is so cute together, mess. And I was like, please be on my show. I always leave positive comments on YouTube because like there's so much that you can see back about yourself. But anyway, I guess he got killed with negative comments on that um, on that uh, trailer, which makes sense. Because a lot of people are Team Lisa and a lot of women do not like, I mean, look at Raquel on Vanderpump Rules. This is not like a new thing. A lot of people do not like kind of connecting with the other woman, right? Like they they find that part yucky and they want to be on Lisa's side. Okay. So after that trailer was released and there was like, it was announced, this interview was happening. Adam decided to pull the interview and pull the trailer and pull basically scrub it clean off of his YouTube, off of his Instagram, off of anything. And his reasoning was, this is from what I've, I've seen, you guys. I don't know, but this is what I've seen is that he was getting, he realized it was a risk he didn't want to take or he, it was a risk he took. And then he realized it wasn't smart after talking to a lot of Bravo Lebs and a lot of housewives. I think his relationship with Lisa, when he was at BravoCon, he was friends with her, et cetera, et cetera. And he felt like this is not what I want. Now, there's two sides to the story. I think you would know if you're doing an interview like that, just like when I did Teddy Mellencamp's interview, who Teddy gets a lot of hate online. We all have seen it. And I knew that that was a risk interviewing Teddy. And trust me, if you guys saw how many one-star reviews I got just from that, that freaking interview, which is insane to me because those one-star reviews on my podcast like never go away. They're always there. But this is the risk you take as a content creator. If you want to interview someone who is scandalous or who brings a lot of negativity, you know you're going to get 
you know, people that are not agreeing with you. But I don't think he thought it was going to go this yucky or this bad, which is why he probably pulled it. A lot of people had turned on Adam from that moment because you start to say, it's kind of like how we turned on Bethany. Let's be real. Bethany sided with Raquel to give Raquel her side of the story. And everyone's like, WTF, you're, why are you giving her, you know, this ability? Like, why should we have to watch it? I do believe everyone has a side of their story, but Adam, I guess, didn't have to do the interview if he didn't want to be involved. Now, regardless, this is where it gets a little messy because Zach didn't have to touch this at all. He did decide to touch it because, oh my gosh, you guys, the weather in LA right now is insane. It's like so windy, rainy, like the Wicked Witch of the West is coming. Where's Bethany? Bethany? Um. So then... Zach probably didn't need to touch this. And honestly, that was probably a mistake because Zach probably should have just said, if it has anything to do with Adam, I'm, I'm staying hands off. But he decided to touch it because it is Bravo News and a lot of people were talking about it. So he was highlighting the fact that this is like a shady move and why would you pay for an editor and a videographer and do the whole thing and release the trailer and you know say that the interview was happening and then pull it if you believed that it wasn't a good idea from before, you know, whatever. So uh, yes, I can absolutely see Zach's messiness with this. Now, this is where it gets a little bit worse because Zach talks about this. They both are talking about it. No one's talking to each other, but they're both talking about it. So Adam is posting like a ask me anything on his stories. And he's posting a story like, why is Zach saying this about you? And Adam's saying it's for clicks, it's for insecurity, it's for views, which then is going to trigger Zach. Adam said that, that about Zach. So then it's going to trigger Zach to say something. So Zach goes on his subscribers um, podcast. He goes all into it earlier this week where he basically shares everything. And he essentially says, you know, there's a lot of drama around these guys and they've done this before and they'll do it again. I don't want, you know, I've always told you guys to not send hate, to not this, to not that. Okay. And like I said, I'm probably missing a lot of stuff, but what really kind of started to get very, very dangerous in the in the chatter was yesterday. So Adam and his husband, Jason, went live. And I watched the video. It's about 30 minutes. It's on Up and Adam 2, which is their second channel. And um, so basically what they go into, and listen, it's tricky because I have been the subject of a lot of, a lot of hate online. So I understand why you're very, very sensitive in these moments. But the video was basically them saying, we're finally going to tell our side of the story. We're finally going to talk about it. We feel like this person, which was mistake number one, and we've learned this before from a few different people, if you know what I'm saying, is this idea of never saying anyone with someone's name. And it's always saying this person, this person, this person, this person, this content creator. And when you do that, you know what happens is it confuses the shit out of the audience. And then the audience is starting to make up ideas of who it could be. It's like blind items. It's actually really dangerous. So number one, I really wish that Adam and Jason had said, Zach Peter. And then said names like Kempire and the other people that they they were talking about. Because what's really, really tricky is that they never, ever say anyone's names. And then they go on to a long, long story about the drama with this person who they reference swim fan. They reference that Zach is massively obsessed with them. I do not believe that to be true, personally. But yeah, I guess if someone's talking about you, you're going to want to kind of... Uh, talk about it too, you know, um, they are, and then they go into a whole story about how this is their livelihood and they have two moms to support. They have animals, they have five employees, they have all these things, businesses, and this is like just so damaging for their career. And what is happening right now is that they are getting death threats 
and anti-Semitic remarks in their DMs. And this is where it gets very effed up. Because never once, and I am part of Zach's subscriber channel, and I am friends with Zach, and I am such a proud Jew. And Zach follows me on Instagram and he sees everything I post. And you guys, I posted about nine reels and collages and pictures in a row after October 7th, supporting that I'm Jewish. And Zach has never once said anything, but is there anything I can do to support you? So I just want to put that out there because I feel important. I feel like that's a really fucked up set thing to put out there. I, this is where it gets tricky. As someone who is Jewish in 2023, You are subject to getting anti-Semitic remarks in your DMs and in your comments. I am proof. It is all up and down my DMs. It is all up and down my comments. The things that are said to me are unreal, okay? I've gotten death threats. I've gotten hate remarks. I've gotten death threats on my kids, on my family, on my mom, on my husband, on my dogs, like the things that have come out of these crazy ass accounts that are usually private are insane. And they all are because I'm Jewish. Now I'm not at all. I would never talk to you guys about this anymore, but I'm just saying to point that as something that potentially is because of Zach is super damaging. And it's something I'm not cool with because then people are coming into my DMs and saying, stay away from Zach Peter. That guy is dangerous. That guy is anti-Semitic. His people don't like Jews. I cannot believe that you're aligning with him. How could you perform on his at his show on Sunday? And that's when I have to put the kibosh down and say, this is really where it gets really scary and trickery tricky. Because if I said right now, and trust me, yesterday, I talked very briefly about the March for Israel and it was a big day for Jews. And one of the comments I got was, I used to follow you and I will never follow you again because you support genocide. Okay. It's, it's cuckoo because obviously this is not in any way shaped in reality. But when that person says that, can you imagine I go to them and see who they're subscribed to? And if I see that they're subscribed to, um, I don't know. Give me someone. Uh, I can't think of any other content creators, the toast or whatever, or like a empire or whatever. Now I'm just going to assume that the person that they follow is an anti-Semitic person. You guys, this is not okay. We do not represent our fans in every full way. And our fans do not represent us in any full way. We do have some control over where our fans, you know, what they do and say. And we hopefully can give them a suggestion to say, please do not. But if if they are getting anti-Semitic comments, if they are getting death threats, it's very possible. It has nothing to do with Zach. It's very possible. It has everything to do with the fact that they are Jewish or that they are gay or that they are human beings or that they are content creators or that they just decided to put Lenny Hochstein's fiance mistress on a platform. Guys, this is not cool. So I don't, I text Zach last night and I said, I need to do something here. I need to stand up for you. And I'm going to be a hundred percent honest and I can show, well, actually it was a voice message, but I can play it for you because that's how, how honest I, I would really be with this. This is, Zach said, absolutely do not feel ever the need to go to bat for me in your in your content. I never want you to feel like you have to get yourself involved with this unless it's something you want to. I hope you know my heart. I hope you know that I'm absolutely not anti-Semitic and I've never been. I hope you know that like who I am is never to send hate. And I hope, you you know, I hope that that will carry my audience and my fans through, that they just know who I am. And I chose to talk about it anyway. Do I think Zach is completely free of any blame in any of this? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. They're all messy. But I know that when I sat with Zach for the first time and then when we got off the phone, I asked him, I said, hey, I need some help. I'm looking to get someone to help me grow my podcast. And he was like, what do you need? Here's the number. Then he came to me and he was like, hey, do you want to do my live show on November 19th? uh, November 19th?" Then he's always recommending me to people. He's sending me to people. He's always asking me to come on his show. He's very collaborative and I'm Jewish. So like, let's pull that out of the equation. And if they are getting bad comments from Zach's people. That's effed up. But I thought this part went too far. And 
I really do want to believe that, you know, I want to believe that Adam and Jason are good people and that Zach is a good person at the end of the day. We don't know these people. We really don't. I mean, I kind of know Zach, but I don't. I've never spent good quality time one-on-one with any of them. I just go with my gut, right? I've always gone with my gut. And I've always tried to pick out people that I think are stand-up people. And some people really disappoint me after a while. And some people don't, you know? And if I know someone to be a shady McShady, I can decide whether or not I want to support them or not. Does that make sense? Now, I don't know what's going to go on further, but I really wish that from now on, if we're going to talk about other content creators, we we use names. Because I don't, I think this like this is crazy. This is getting out of control. Use names. And if you're using, if you're talking about Dana Wilkie, like say Dana Wilkie, because then when you just say Dana, people think my name is Dana, Daily Dose of Dana, <laughs> even though it's Donna, spell Dana. And so people confuse everyone. So that's what I believe. I really think that we need to just like cut the shit and get right back to talking about the people that we pay. Uh, We don't pay money to watch Bravo, but like that we spend all our time watching. And I hope for Zach, Adam and Jason's side that these nasty ass anti-Semitic comments, these death threats, these awful, you're a disgusting human being. I hope you die kind of comments. They stop. It is sick. It is disgusting. It is like a killer to your soul. I've tried really hard to get better at like ignoring, but it's very hard to ignore when someone says you disgusting. Uh, You know, I can't even say the word out here, derogatory word. I hope you die. Hitler was right. Things like that. You guys have to stop. If you're hearing this and you're saying that to people in your DMs because you feel so strong about things, like really question, what what if you weren't in the keyboard? If you saw me in real life, would you say it to my face? Anyway. I hope I gave you guys a little bit. I will give you guys a little bit more later on Patreon if you want it. If you want to come and get it. Speaking of drama and toxicity, can we talk for a moment about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? The show that just keeps on giving you guys, it's good. This is a good season. But let me tell you, Monica and Monica's mother are at the top of the lineup of toxic ass people. This is a mother whose grandma was probably toxic, whose mom is toxic, who's now now she's going to be toxic. Her four daughters are struggling through it. I'm sure this is just going to get real, real, real shady. And Monica is bad news bears. I felt it from day one. Again, gut feeling. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but that's my gut feeling. I felt it from the moment she popped up onto the show. So a few different interesting things happened during this episode. The least of it was Angie Kay brushing her poodle's hair. Now, let me let me ask you a question. Is that for real? Do people for real dye their poodle's hair like this? I thought this was a joke. I thought it was just on one episode, but now it's every episode we're seeing this uh, poodle's hair. Oh, Angie, she needs another kid. <laughs> it's a lot. So you see all these la, 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 la. I love the background music. You should have seen the way my dog Frankie just perked. Um, Whitney and, and Lisa. So Lisa Barlow was at Whitney's Prism event, which we've heard the word Prism. I mean, if we should just drink every time we hear the word Prism. Lisa and uh, Whitney sit together for the first time since the PRISM event. And we talk, you know, Whitney decides, I'm home. My kids are upstairs watching a movie and Justin is not home. So I decided since this is my first night not having to throw an event, I was just going to drink some red wine and talk about my events and also eat a charcuterie board. Now, Lisa Barlow can really take it down. And I'm proud of her for that. Lisa Barlow is the most unhealthy eater. Have you noticed that? She's the Diet Coke um, obsessed fast food obsessed and like shoving that charcuterie down. She was like dipping it. She was going to town. Also, you know, good for her and her metabolism. So she is, she and Whitney start talking and Whitney's like, Lisa, this was not okay. It wasn't okay. I heard you say stop it during my sound bath. And Lisa is, remember I told you guys yesterday, Lisa cannot listen for the life of her. Debating with Lisa is like debating with the child. It's unbelievable. It's Teresa, Lisa, Alexia, Larsa, 
all these people. And I like Lisa actually, but you cannot communicate with them because she just wants to talk back. Okay. When, okay. Whitney, Whitney, can I, Whitney, I have to say Whitney. And you know, she just keeps going. She just keeps going. Now she says one bad word, I believe. And that's exactly when Whitney's son comes around the corner and he's like, mom. And Whitney's like, Lisa, they think we're fighting and we just can't have this conversation like this. This is really scaring my kids. Hey, Lisa, this is not the moment that we have this conversation. Lisa, not on, and not in these homes. If only these walls could talk, Lisa, we don't talk about Bruno. Lisa, Lisa, like it was the most insane thing. When Lisa's looking at Whitney like, okay, got it. Understood. Whitney, okay. Understood. Whitney, understood. Lisa, understood. Whitney, understood. Whitney, understood. Lisa, wait, Lisa. It was the most insane. Like it almost is the the beat of like, if you wanted to get on your Peloton and do, you know, RPM and like how many beats per minute. It was like, Lisa, understood. Lisa, understood. Lisa, Whitney, understood. Lisa, Lisa, understood. It was so out of control. We don't talk about Bruno, right? So they don't talk about bad words in Whitney's house anymore. Did you guys know that? I didn't realize it. But apparently now, you know, after the pole dancing is gone, we don't talk about bad words in this house. Um, because of prism. So they have this conversation and I'm still team Lisa because she's not, she's anti Monica. Like I just can't with Monica. I just can't. Um, a couple other interesting conversations happened in this episode, which were the best scene of all of Salt Lake, Lake city is any, any Mary scene. I stand by it. Mary is an awful human being and I can't stop watching her. I can't get enough. She is like, she's like, I don't know, something really bad for you. Like a, like a, fried apple critter. Fritter? <laughs> what are they called? An apple fritter. You shouldn't do it, but you can't get enough. Every bite tastes better than the last. Anyway, they have this conversation where Heather goes to Mary's house. We get a little walkthrough around Mary's house, which is the most tacky thing you've ever seen. Like everything is wrong, but nothing beats these Alice in Wonderland chairs, Dr. Seuss chairs in Mary's kitchen. It's eyesore beyond belief. And seeing them sit there in this kitchen with chairs that go up 10 feet behind them, Mary actually looks pretty in this, in this scene. She's got very, she's very made up and they're having this conversation with like, I don't know if it's Mary or someone that works for Mary went to Albertsons or pavilions or whatever Vaughn's and just got one of those cheese boards, you know, where it's like cut slices of cheese on a plastic plate and just threw it on a, on a table. It was like just a cheese plate and some crackers and no one ate one bite, but they sat there and this is the time where Mary wanted to understand, like, why did Heather write this about Mary in her book? It was not true. Now, Mary, Mary are, um, Mary are, uh, you know, they are uh, reading, what's it called? They are reading, or Heather is reading the book, the time, the part about Mary. And she is saying, um, you know, that Mary was this, Mary was that, like using these descriptions of Mary that really are not crazy, but Mary's like, it was wrong. It was rude. Now Heather goes, well, you've been kind of rude to me before. You called me inbred. Do you think I look inbred? And Mary goes, yeah, <laughs> it was the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah, you look inbred. And Heather's like, but that means ugly. <laughs> Strangest conversation ever. And I wanted more of it. Then we had a conversation between Meredith and Meredith's, um, Meredith's, uh, what's it called? Husband, Seth. Now, Meredith and Seth are starting a podcast. Like, welcome to the, welcome to the world of podcasting. It's the craziest thing. They both have different colored microphones, different color headphones. They're sitting on a couch kind of bent over their laptop. That's filming them is coming from like a really bad angle. I'm thinking to myself, are people going to want to watch this podcast? They put their podcast headphones on. They start talking about their relationship. They get very emotional. Seth starts to cry. He says, I wasn't there for you in the early years. Meredith said that she really wanted to get a post nut because she thought that Seth was going to leave her. They're having this emotional conversation. Oh, honey. Oh, honey. Oh, you know, loving on. And then all of a sudden Mary goes, wait, I don't know. How does she do her voice? I don't think this was recording. Oh no, that was Erica Jane. I have to do it. I have to perfect my Meredith. You can leave. So anyway, it was quite the most interesting podcast that I can't imagine anyone's going to listen to. Is it out? Are Meredith and Shane and Seth's podcast out? Like I need to know that. So 
what else happened in this episode? Lisa then goes to Angie and the big drama is Lisa's like, are you friends with her or not? Are you friends with Monica or not? I can't be friends with you if you're telling me that you're not friends with Monica and then you are. I think you're lying to me. I don't care that you're friends. Just be honest with me. Again, yeah, Lisa's delivery kind of sucks, but I didn't hate that. And I kind of agreed with it. Next, um, next we had Monica and her mom, Opa. What do they call her? Ovo? Ovo? Ova? Ovo. Volvo. I think it's Volvo. Um, which is actually what someone in Lance's family calls their grandma. So I, is it a Portuguese? Like, what is Volvo? I can't remember what it is. Anyway, so um, Volvo pulls up in, not the Volvo, but the Range Rover, which apparently she took away from Monica. And she, we find out through, you know, Monica's mom on Twitter this week that Monica never paid for any of the payments. Is it true? Is it not? It's all messy. It's so bad. So basically what happened was um, she she comes in, she drives in and Monica's like, I don't want her coming in. So of course she's now getting her daughters involved. Like how horrible is this? She goes outside and she says to her mom, you know, like her mom goes, I brought you a present. She goes, this is not a present. This is my car. And the mom goes, I'm trying to get your attention with her pigtails. The whole thing is so crazy. They have this back and forth. She says, the mom says to Monica, I think we need to have therapy. I think we need to go to therapy. And Monica's like, I'll think about it. Because apparently at therapy, Monica's mom always just tries to put on this kind of uh, cover. Everything's fine. We're fine. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. And so Monica feels like she's lying to the therapist, which by the way, we all know that people do that. Many Anyway, oh, not that she never made payments, that she was always late with the payments. That's interesting. Yeah, Vovo is Portuguese for grandma. I'm right. Yay. Um, so, so they have uh, this kind of conversation back and forth. They say that they're going to consider therapy, that their relationship is really toxic and really messed up. No shit. But the mom says, we can stop it here, which Monica like kind of rolls her eyes to because she's thinking we can't like it's already the damage has been done it this is going to be so tricky and of course monica has only daughters like this is just this is one of those generational things it's always going to be very bad and um i just don't trust either of them i think they're both just as bad as the others i know a couple people on online are saying wow monica really just like she brought it all this season like kudos to her she brought it all and i'm like mm, did she she made her mom her storyline this is 100% something that she brought to producers the producers did not create this the producers are making this all happen do you think cameras just happened to be at monica's house when volvo pulled up with the car no um, then she made her mom walk home. So it's like, really, we're trying to fix things because we're making mom walk home in the cold. Like, it's just so messed up. And I don't feel a lot of you guys think, you know, you can relate to Monica in this case. Yes, I understand that a lot of us have toxic relationships with our parents. A lot of us can relate to Monica. A lot of us can relate to Monica's mom. And I don't want to relate to any of it. Like none of it makes me want to relate to it. I don't want the story on my TV. I find it yucky. I find it gross. I'll still watch it, but I don't love it. Now, meanwhile, the whole like culmination of the episode is at Heather Gay's book signing event or book event when she's uh, talking about her Bad Mormon book. Have you read it? Do I want to read it? I'm not really that interested in it. But anyway, of course, she has Lisa Barlow doing a performance at the beginning, which is, you know, she sings the Manger song. I don't know what the Manger song is called. And so I'm so sorry that I say this wrong. But Monica is just full on bad mouthing her and laughing about her in the audience. It was really effed up and immature and I hated every second of it. It made me feel yucky and gross. And, um, oh, she also said something else like when she went to go get a drink and she's like, do you have anything that's not Vita? She's pretty, uh, low blowing. She just feels very immature to me, you guys. So Lisa then goes into some rap, which I don't think any, you know, I don't think she's going to get any uh, record deals anytime soon, but kudos to her for trying with the choir in the background. This choir saga continues. And, um, and then Heather reads a portion of good, of bad Mormon, which sounds, it sounded like an emotional good portion. And then she has such a beautiful conversation with her daughters. Oh my gosh. Do I love Heather and her daughters? They are such good girls. You can just feel it. You can feel that she's such a good mom. Like talk about toxic motherhood versus Heather and her kids. I just, 
find it such an opposite relationship. It's unbelievable. So I really, really uh, personally love Heather Gay. I think she's come back. Now, I'm still curious about that black eye. I will tell you. Still curious. So um, so I think that's kind of what happened on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And just because I put it in the title, I will just jump for one minute or a couple minutes on Winter House. Listen, it's getting a little bit better, but overall Winter House is the show that gives you absolutely nothing but alcoholism. And <laughs> I'm saying that as a joke, but alcohol drinking from morning till night, it's like Winter House is basically food, sex, theme parties, hooking up, alcohol, and then like some skiing in between. Not really anything important or great, but it kind of reminds me of like old school real world, you know, like in the sense that it doesn't feel very produced. It doesn't feel, I mean, there are some produced things like the theme events and like the people that are showing up to each other's events, but it feels very much like we're just like a fly on the wall in this debaucherous home. Just kind of fun, kind of fun. Um, it would be better if we did have a little bit of a Southern charm, Craig sighting in there. Just saying. Um, it's really just like a crossover event now. We have below deck people coming. I heard Captain Sandy's going to show up at one point. Of course, we have, you know, we have below deck. We have summer house. We have family karma. We have a lot of below decks. We have a few. We have Vanderpump rules. It's just like a little too much, right? It's like, it's a lot. Anyway, that is that for today. Um, I really do want to leave you with one sentence and, and, and this is insanely important to me. You guys are adults. You can do and should do whatever you want to do. I'm not your mom and I'm, I don't want to be your mom, but please, please, please be aware that content creators are reading the comments that you're writing. And if you're writing something positive, like it means so much to us, but if you're writing something negative and you do it in a really mean way, it stings, it hurts, it's awful. No one that I mentioned in today's episode should deserve hateful comments. You absolutely are not being encouraged by me to go after anyone in any way. And I actually would be really disappointed if I felt like one of you guys went and started to like send hate messages to someone because of this episode. So what I was trying to do through this episode with, with giving you guys the content creator feuds is try to, trying to just kind of share my side of the street. I, I have no, um, I do have skin in this one, in this game. You know, I, I've said it before with the Jeff Lewis Heather. I, I don't, but with this one I do because my name is, um, on Zach Peter's show on Sunday. And I think it's really important that I wouldn't want to align my, myself with someone that was labeled an anti-Semite. And I'm, I don't believe that that's, that's to be true. So I have to share that because I would never want you guys to think that I am part of that. Like, hello. Anyway, so that is my story and I'm sticking to it. And I got a, um, yeah. Okay. That's it. You guys. I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for sending all of the love and the hearts and the comments. And you guys are awesome. The comments in the in the doser comment section are always just really positive and supportive with, with each other. So love you guys. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Instacart shoppers, no groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart.